Oh yeah, I I have a better method for us to record. I've realized when Adam's here next time, but like I think it'll make editing easier. Oh, quicker. But awesome. That's on the record now. Honestly, though, (laughs) if Adam's listening, I would like to keep editing harder. Actually, I would like to make it a more difficult process. Also, if Adam's listening, please remind me because I have a horrible memory. But I'm ready to go. All right. So everyone has a song ready? Yes. Um, all right. So another countdown. Three, two, one. We got the beat. We got the beat. We got the beat. Yeah. That's what I thought it was going to be. Okay. I'm, I'm so happy we're all on the same page. I'm glad but we all there's... picked. I feel like that's an ironic song to sing on Zoom. <laughs> Out of sync. Oh, yeah. Mm, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Another option would be there's this like song that plays for so long when Jennifer Jason Lee's on the date and like I think it I swear it's for the movie and it's just she's gonna be somebody's lady. I think they played again, right? Later. Yeah, maybe and I swear that's the only lyric in the entire <laughs> song. I think they played um, again with when she's with the Mike guy. Yes. Oh of course we're talking about Fast Times at Ridgemount High, the movie we're watching for this week's Is It Whack podcast. podcast. I want to be your host, Funke, and I'm joined by Hannah. Hello. And Seb. Hang loose, Fantas. Oh. I was trying to think of a Jeff Spicoli thing. I no, know. I will say that was really radical and <laughs> on brand and on theme. So that's like really what we're going for. You dick. That's my only quote of his I can remember. That's good. I mean, they all really sound like that. Um, we watched this movie as a part of our mini-series, Whack 100 Miles Per Hour. And Hannah, you, you brought this one in. I did. Um, That's accurate. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell us about your first time watching this? Yeah. So, first of all, I know this is not a movie about speed. <laughs> for the, for But uh, I, I don't know any movies that are actually about fast things. So Fast Times at Ridgemont High is my closest. Um, it has fast in the title. I, I hear it. It has fast in the title, and there are some cars in it. So yeah. Um, my first time watching this was my dad was just like always trying to get me to watch like the like eighties kind of teen canons when I was a teen. So it got me into all the John Hughes movies, and then like this was like a natural progression from there. So he was like, "Watch this," and then. We were somewhere where I didn't have anything to do. So I was like, I guess I'm going to watch this movie my dad told me to watch. <laughs> and I liked it. Um, but it's one of those, you know, when you watch a movie when you're younger and you're like, I feel like there was a lot of stuff going on. And so I don't really have a sense of the movie because maybe I just wasn't paying proper attention or I was young. But this is like a movie where every time I rewatch it, I feel the same way. Like, it's not like I get older and like, okay, I can follow this. I'm like, there's still like, it's not that it's a hard to follow a movie, but it's just, there's, they're just genuinely is just a bunch of shit going on. There's not really. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, it, mm-hmm. it definitely does. Uh, yeah. But, and tell me, I know Seb's first time watching this movie because I was there. Um, <laughs> but Seb, if you'd like to elaborate on that. Please do. <laughs> uh, Hannah made me watch it. In high school, and it was it was also a movie my mom talked about a lot. I think my mom is is more age to your dad, um, and yeah, I don't know if I thought I would like it as much as I did, but I really liked it then, and I think I liked it even more watching it this time. Oh. Yeah, I I also watched it in high school when people were like, "Watch all these old movies because old movies are cool." <laughs> And I was like, oh, shit, I'm in high school. I guess this is relatable to me, so let me watch this. But, um, yeah, I left feeling like, what the hell? Like, this it seems so, I don't know. It wasn't a happy ending to me. Like, the whole thing was just, like, I, I walked away like high school is, like, a mess and bad. And, like, I don't know. It, I know. I, I guess I just, had, like, read the bad parts and, like, the worst or themes with of the movie, like, stuck with me longer. But... It, uh, it it just, like, left a messy memory in my mind. Like, you were saying, like, a lot happened, so I I didn't remember how I felt about it until rewatching it. 
And yeah, it's, I think it works as like an anthology of like high school's stories, but it kind of like inter- intertwining with each other. Um, yeah, and it, it's it, it definitely it feels like it's from that time period uh, and, and caught a lot of things that I'm like, oh, yeah, we really do things differently 40 years later um, from from themes and also just like technology <laughs> and stuff. But yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say, because this movie's uh, directed by Amy Heckerling, who also directed Clueless, which is, like, one of my all-time favorite movies. And um, one thing I've always felt about Clueless and then kind of also feel about this is that, like, they kind of perfectly encapsulate the time and that, like, Clueless could pass as a movie someone made that takes place in the 90s that's almost, like, (laughs) overly 90s, like, today. Like, it just feels like she did a really good job at like letting it be dated in a way where you're like, I don't know. It's like so indulgent in like the teen culture that like, it feels like a very good time capsule, I guess of it. And I feel similarly to this, like even just the constant use of like cultural references, like the fact that there's like three girls that dress just like Pat Benatar (laughs) at their school. Um, I, I think I had to Google who that was, by the way, because they like throw <laughs> those references out. But it's like if you weren't there living in a certain age at that time, I don't feel like you get it as often. Yeah, well, it's just interesting. Like Clueless is also just chock full of like cultural references that like at the time just was like, yeah, that's what's popular now. But now we're like, haha, they said Marky Mark or like, oh, haha, there's a cranberry CD that someone needs to go get and like. All, it's very interesting um but i think I, she does a great job of it like it almost it feels like deliberate even though there's no way it could be like how do you know what's gonna have like cultural stay but i i actually i don't know if i disagree like i mean all that stuff is obviously in there but for me uh those two movies um i guess they don't feel timeless but like the themes and stuff to me feel very universal they feel very applicable to things today Maybe that's just uh, me. Um, no, I agree. And I, yeah, I don't, I don't mind if a movie's from its time. I want to learn. I want to learn about another time and, and whatever. And I no, I'm not saying this as a criticism. Yeah. I think it's a really fun thing. I think the themes are are continue to be relevant. I. It's more so that like, just she does a good job at like, uh, really kind of capturing what is it, like what the kind of, like, looks and, like, sounds and, like, whatever mm-hmm. of that time are that, like, I think is really interesting. But, like, that has nothing to do with, like, the themes and how they translate. It's just really cool to see someone, like, really pick up on, like, what is teen culture and, like, how that ages it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Definitely. Yeah. I feel like we've watched a lot of movies on this podcast in a similar setting, in a similar, like, coming-of-age high school setup. Um, so it's cool to see like how they hit like different time periods because they're also different yet they have that like collective angst that is like okay I know what kind of movie this is and like the <laughs> mm-hmm. the things you're trying to reach for because I've, I've seen it before but it is nice to see like those cultural references that like stick to the 80s or late 70s as well that I'm like what like these dudes were smoking <laughs> all the time and like dr- just driving like they didn't give a shit <laughs> was shocking to me oh my God. like that was oh, a, a wild scene. Literally, like, the, like, Sean Penn, Spicoli's, uh, that his, like, kind of um, epilogue at the end is that he saved Brick <laughs> yeah. Shields from drowning and then spent his money from it with on Van Halen playing his birthday. Like, that's, like, how did you... I don't know. It's just, like, so <laughs> great. <laughs> and it really fits the character. I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Like, he, they would do that. Yeah, and then it's just like, oh, okay, perfect, like, 80s references that, like, translate. Well, I don't know. It's just interesting, like, um, do we want to do a summary corner? Can you do a summary corner of this movie? It's hard to summarize. There's not really a... Yeah, I was I was looking at the um, Wikipedia, and um, they kind of framed it a little differently than the way I, I think of it, like... In my head, before I watched it again, and even while I was watching it, I was like, the main characters are the two siblings, uh, Jennifer Jason yeah. Lee and Judge Reinhold. But the the um, Wikipedia was like, Jennifer Jason Lee's the main character, 
uh, and so are Rat and Mike. And then, uh, you know, Judge Reinhold is kind of a subplot, which is maybe also true, but I don't know. <laughs> well, like, Judge Reinhold doesn't, like, he has a plot, but it's more just like, oh, shit just keeps happening to this guy. Yeah. yeah. It's not really... Jennifer Jason Leigh, yeah, main character, but, like, for some reason, Sean Penn is the first in the credits. They really push yeah. him. Spicoli's, like, always there, and, like, it, there's a bit of character work there, but, like, it is just him for comic relief, but he's always like, hey, check it out, he's doing something. Um, I love Spicoli. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know if there's a lot to summarize i think that uh i forgot i was also you know reading the wikipedia um that i think is important to know about it and even in just thinking about the plot is that it's based on a non-fiction book that cameron crowe mm-hmm. the screenwriter wrote after he embedded himself in a high school like undercover and wrote about his experiences there because yeah. he was like a young journalist um sorry <laughs> what which I think makes yeah. the movie, at least, like, that's a strange thing. But it makes the movie make a little more sense to me. It's kind of like... I think so. You know, it just kind of tracking almost, like, a year in the life of, like, a bunch of different characters. So this grown-ass dude was like, I'm going to go undercover in a high school. I assume he was a teenager or, like, also really young. He's He also wrote and directed Almost Famous, which is about his experience as a reporter, as a teenager for like Rolling Stone. Yeah. So I feel like um, he was probably very young when he did this. Yeah. Plus he'd like have to pass for like a high school student. But that it definitely does just feel like like what you've overheard different people <laughs> like saying and, and doing and I think it works again with the idea that, like, the movie feels like a time capsule. It just feels like like a, like a yearbook, but, like, not the yearbook your school would give you. Like, the yearbook of, like, what else went on. Yes. Um, I, and I think it's a big, big props to Cameron Crowe uh, and Amy Heckerling that the main character of this movie is not Cameron Crowe, is not a journalist trying to infiltrate high school and, like, find the real like experiences because i think that would make the movie worse or that might be interesting but that's not what the book is about is it well he literally did that but like oh right like they didn't make it about his experience they just based it yeah on on the people around him which i think is just a smart decision because that's like a clear plot whereas like the actual movie doesn't have any clear (laughs) plot so you would think yeah they would frame it in some cinematic way um, but to me, that's one of the strengths of the movie. I, I was thinking about this. Adam Adam and I talked about this movie a long time ago. And I just want to say his opinion may have changed. And I don't want to even bring it up without him here to like back up what fan. he was actually saying. It's not fair. But No, do it. Do it. <laughs> spill it. The time we talked about it, which was probably like six years ago, was uh, I was like, oh, I really love that movie. And he's like, nothing like happens in that movie like even like the big things that happen feel so small which is the thing that i like the most about this movie for a teen comedy uh and a movie in general it's so restrained Mm -hmm. yeah it's interesting because people always talk about dazed and confused as like oh that movie where it's just people hanging out and obviously they're different movies like dazed and confused feels like a tone piece it feels and it's about like one kind of night but this movie is similar to Days and Confused in that there's just a bunch of characters doing shit and like the the quote unquote like main plot is barely like a, the main plot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it does seem like a bunch of tangents just like from yeah, like from like just hearing conversations and being around high school, like just woven together. But I, I don't know. I I do hear what Adam was saying for years older Adam was saying um or four years younger um because it does feel kind of small in these moments but I guess that's kind of like life like it feels so big in the moment for a second and then Mm -hmm. like as time passes it it becomes just a thing that happened and people keep moving on um and that is that is a strength because it it is like different seasons it is how how long the full senior year for a lot of yeah I think so yeah it's a full year. year yeah yeah so it is like I guess in high school, everything feels like the end of the world or like the biggest, craziest thing. But it's like the next month you forget about that and there's something else. 
uh, and and that this movie like keeps that energy pretty strong. And I would say like it's especially like impressive that they do that or like it's especially strong because you know in the main plot like it's essentially about a girl who's you know exploring sex for the first time and and then uh you know ends up having an abortion which if we think about the fact that this movie is from like the 80s and you know it's still hard to see like stories like you really don't see that many stories about like young women or any women getting abortions and the fact that in this one she does and it's such a small moment it's such Mm -hmm. like a kind of you know obviously it's like devastating and like you can see the sadness in her but it's like also it's the movie doesn't make it any big statement it's just like normalizes it in like this kind of way where it's like it is shitty and she but she's able to move on and like I don't know just like it's it's already one thing to show like a kind of a sexually active like young woman who doesn't face any kind of shame or con or she does obviously face consequences but like there's not actually like shame in what she's doing mm-hmm. it's just normalized but then to, to to show that like that'd be radical today so definitely yeah absolutely and the way they talk about it as well like it's not like the abortion part is the big deal it's more damone's no. character and how he reacts to it is the bigger issue like him <clears throat> being an asshole and then being like, I'm going to go fix the car with my dad in the garage. <laughs> I was just like, wow, you're like, you're the worst dude in the world. Um, also, s- side note, but money in this world, whoa, like shit costed so much less like, in terms of everything. Like, yeah. It, it, yeah, it's the 80s. I know, I know, I know. But I was, it, when I go to buy things today, I'm like, oh, wow. Um, but yeah, like a burger meal was two dollars and fifty cents. That was wild yeah. to me. And when Demone's yeah. ripping off the kids by charging them twenty dollars for a concert ticket, I'm like, doesn't seem so bad. <laughs> That's a steal, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the the abortion thing and uh, the the plotline and the whole plotline around Jennifer Jason Lee, I think, is pretty amazing. And I think Amy Heckerling just underplays it all in such a non-judgmental and like yeah uh empathetic way and i do think it's super unique for this genre yeah and i i mean i would say again bringing back to clueless because i just love clueless but like uh the way sex is also kind of explored in this very like non-judgmental way in clueless where like ultimately each of the kind of main female characters have a different relationship with sex and it's just like this is what works for me one girl has been sexually active already for a while. One girl eventually decides to have sex with her like longtime boyfriend and then share the main character kind of It's a virgin who can't drive. Is a virgin that can't drive, <laughs> but there's not shame or celebration in her being a virgin. It's just the matter of fact she hasn't come to the place where she's gonna do it yet. And I I think I don't I don't know, I feel like I, I don't know any like coming of age directors that explore sex quite as interestingly and like as kind of n- like neutrally almost matter of factly yeah as, as Amy Heckerling does I was thinking like how many movies in general let alone like teen movies have oh we lost oh, Funke Funke oh Funke's back, back. hey <laughs> um I was just thinking like let alone like how many teen movies have frank discussions of uh, abortion or even just like blowjobs in the way that this movie does. Like that seems like kind of funny, but it's also mm-hmm. just like very honest and low key and like it doesn't Awkward. make this huge. Jo- yeah, yeah. It doesn't make like a huge joke out of it. It's like just two characters talking about sex. You almost never see that. Yeah. Yeah. Also interesting to think of it as like, I think in a way an earlier blueprint of the kind of like teen sex comedies Mm -hmm. that would come later. Um, I don't know how much of like an influence it was on them, but like feels like it would except, you know, now we're seeing this kind of like a wave of like, what if the sex comedies were about girls (laughs) and girls talked about sex and that's supposed to be like this big kind of whatever new idea but this movie was doing it in the 80s and this movie did it before all the american pies of it all it was like it's i feel like it's 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 just still kind of 
crazy to me that they, yeah, showed a scene of just, like, two girls, like, awkwardly, like, showing, like, talking about blowjobs in this kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I guess it becomes drama a little bit, but even that, like, Jennifer Jason Lee like, has sex with multiple people throughout the movie, and uh, in the end, it's, like, I mean, obviously, the the abortion is, like, a traumatic experience in a way, but in the end, it's kind of, like, that stuff doesn't really matter. Like, she's in high school, you know? She can kind of do whatever. Yeah. And it's clear, like, it's her, you know, the her love interest in the end or the, her final kind of remit. Like, he's the one that isn't ready for sex. And it's, again, it's, mm-hmm. like, the last, their epilogue is just, like, they're wait, like, they're waiting or they haven't gone all the way yet and it's like yeah I don't know it's just I just it feels more truthful than any other kind of portrayal of sex that I've seen in a teen movie Mm -hmm. definitely um I a part that was kind of gave me like horror flashbacks to high school when (laughs) Mr. Hand was dealing with Spicoli um (laughs) Because that felt so real. Like, that exists in every era. There's that dynamic. <laughs> yeah. Like, I remember in my high school, there's like, a French teacher who made this kid, like, stand up and wear a mask and some shit. It was just twisted. But, like, that... I, I don't know why teachers get that uh, hyped on public embarrassment and stuff. But, yeah, I don't know. That, that was just, like, damn, school kind of sucks because of those things. I know, I fucking love Spicoli. <laughs> <laughs> I like Spicoli reminds me of like so many people. Like yeah, like our friend Lior used to come into <laughs> my photography class every single <laughs> class, and every single time our photography teacher would be like interloper. So every time Lior would just find like a more sneaky way to sneak in, like crawling under tables and shit and seeing how long he could last. And then it just became this kind of like loving back and forth between the two of them where like Mr. Novak just like loved when he could spot Lior and be like, oh, you bested me this time, you know. Interloper is a hilarious thing to call someone. Yeah, but it's like... Oh, the, but those are like the funniest things, especially when class is boring. I when he orders the pizza to the class, I'm like, I could l- actually see someone doing something like that. Yeah, yeah. That dynamic, I feel like, used to frustrate me. That would be like, oh, dang, like, I'm, what the class is happening? What's why is this little like back and forth going on for so long? Because when you're in there, it's I feel like yeah. some of the time it's just awkward, and it's like, please. It's got to stop, please. And it and it feels like sometimes, not as much in this movie, but in real life when those things would happen, it's like the teacher has to prove something to themselves yeah. about their authority or something. So they have to like, they can't bend on this. I remember one time um, a teacher kicked out a kid from my math class and he left with his backpack and she's like, no, go to the office, but leave your backpack. And then they just argued about that for so long. And it's like, just let him take his backpack. Or he's probably going to leave, but whatever. <laughs> You're wasting so much time. Yeah, definitely. It's it's cool to see, like, in this movie, like, see what things are just eternal in this, I guess, high school <laughs> dynamic. Um, and that class clown versus teacher forever a thing. Um, also, it, is this just... America, or is everything in this movie named after like a founding father and a president? Like, oh, that's just America. That's just America. Okay. I mean, like, like so. I mean, here it's the same. Like, except I, I don't know enough about Canadian history <laughs> to, know to who tell most you. Of the people. <laughs> but like, I feel like most things tend to be named after like. But what historical figure? What in this movie was named after? Lincoln was. The, oh like, right, right. Jefferson, yeah, Lincoln, right. uh, Jefferson's a character though. Yeah, but I'm so, I, all of those names, I was just like, wait, aren't these just dudes who like founded America? Um, yeah, I guess that's just like yeah, all around the world. Might have been a a lazy like way to name characters. I know sometimes, like in film school, when I'd write stuff, I'd be like, oh, all of the 
characters are named after, you know, band members from this band or whatever that I like. Mm. Just because I need placeholders. And then sometimes I never change them. <laughs> That's really fun, though. I like that. I like that. Oh, the other one was Hamilton. The main character's name's last oh, name is right, Hamilton. Right. But I was like, what's going oh, on? Oh, true. That, that's what filled it. Um, I did not notice that. Yeah. I felt some parts of this, I was a bit uncomfortable with how they dealt with sex. Um just because it was like super weird with um, what's her name, Stacy, uh, at the beginning with that dude, I'm like, this dude's a grown ass guy. Like it's very creepy, but it's not played as creepy. It's like, yeah, like a happy coming of age moment. But it's like, I don't know. He's, it, it's weird that he kind of just did. He went in there and and did that, uh, at a pizza shop. It's like, what are you doing, dude? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, well, I feel like, you know, so much of this movie is just, you know, watching teens pretend they're adults, Mm -hmm. right? Even the way they talk, like, Phoebe Cates having a fiancé, and she (laughs) she acts like she's seen the world. Who we never see, yeah. Um, Yeah, or the the fucking scalper kid. (laughs) Like, what the hell is that? Like, what teenager talks like that? So, like, there is kind of a feeling of, like, teenagers thinking they're more grown up than they actually are or like wanting to be. And then the actual few grown ups in the film maybe aren't as grown up. Mm-hmm. Like, like, so he's a grown up and he's taking her to the makeout point to yeah. have sex in a baseball diamond when it's like, you at least have a car <laughs> or I would assume somewhere that else. Like I, I kind of liked that dynamic that like, She's pretending to be older than she actually is, but he is older than that and behaving, like, just as immaturely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was interesting that, like, we as the audience, I think, are supposed to and can see that the guy is creepy. Mm-hmm. But she still fully makes the choice to do all of those things. Like, she... Or I don't know if she can, being manipulated by an older guy or whatever. But, I mean... She, like, discusses, like, wanting to have sex with her friends, and then it seems like that's what she wants to do with this guy. And then after that, she, like, continues to explore it. Like, it didn't feel like this completely, like, thing of, like, she's just a victim in the, in this scene. And I don't know. Does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah I hear you, but it, it just still left a bad taste in my mouth. I was like, ugh. <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, like, it's... start off her adventure of exploring herself, but... Yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously in real life, it, it'd be horrible and everything. But I do think like yeah. for a lot of people, uh, especially in the 80s and stuff, that would be kind of their their first sexual experience. And I don't think it was like coming out of nowhere to, to put that in. Hmm. Yeah. And I think it's like also like, you know, she, the, the her main kind of pressure to have sex is actually from Phoebe Cates, mm-hmm. really. <laughs> And, like, the kind of pressure of, like, wanting to be, like, feel more grown up. Like, these girls that are, like, three, two or three years older than her or whatever. Um, And so that's why she even, like, goes for it with him. So it's, like, I feel like, again, it's, it's like, it just kind of further emphasizes, like, the fast, the speed. (laughs) The speed, yes. Um... (laughs) So, like, yeah, it's definitely, like, gross, but I I don't think the movie is, like, really trying to moralize the Mm -hmm. situation in any way. And, like, I'm sure that would be different if it came out now, but, like, clearly there wasn't a need, I suppose, on on the filmmakers. Or an expectation, too. Yeah. Yeah, or if we're looking at it in the same way they kind of neutrally handled like, yeah. an abortion plotline, it might be similar to that. Mm-hmm. True. But My favorite uh, thing on like them pretending to be adults is there's... Do you guys know Tony Zhu, uh, the YouTube channel Every Frame of Painting? No. no. Did a lot of like uh, classic uh, movie video essays. But there's one he does about chairs where he's like, I love... Oh my god. The rest yeah, when a movie picks the exact right chairs for a scene. 
And I definitely felt that at the restaurant where the chairs are so much bigger than them. And it so <laughs> emphasizes that they, they are teens pretending to be adults. Mm. Oh, great. yeah. When they're ordering and he keeps ordering Cokes because he doesn't have the wallet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's true. It's so great. They immediately cut to them and they like look like they're at like the adult table at a wedding. But they're yeah. too small, you know? Yeah. Um, or like even the way like... Um, Judge Ryan hold will be like talking about like how he's like I'm a successful man I'm like you know like I'm really whatever <laughs> and like he's works at a burger joint mm-hmm. like like but he works at the good burger joint yeah and that makes that is a symbol of success you know but those distinctions like mean so much to the characters in, in this world high, and yeah. I think they do mean a lot to you in high school like at the end Phoebe Cates is like you work at one of the best restaurants in the food court. Like, why are you getting down on yourself? You know. Yeah, <laughs> they bring that up a lot too. With Damone is like, you are the assistant to the assistant manager. <laughs> yeah. You have the position. You have the status. It's it's interesting. It, like with um, who's that character? Brad, um, Jed, mm-hmm. Judge Rhino. He when he gets fired, like his life goes even further downhill. Like he was going to break up with his girlfriend and now she breaks up with him. <laughs> it's like just so it's it's so weird to see how that social capital comes into play. And it just goes like that, especially in high school. It's like, whoa, <laughs> you lost the job. What? Um, <laughs> and now he works at the, what was that place that he worked at? He worked the, the fish and chip place. Yeah. The, like, it was like pirate. a long John oh. silver sort of place. Yeah, I think it was Captain Hooks or something. <laughs> yeah, that was uh. that was definitely a downgrade for him because everyone comments for the rest of the movie on his outfit and his attitude after working there. So, <laughs> and even the way, like in his fantasy, he like envisions himself in like a suit yeah. or something, doesn't he? Rather than like his work uniform, like right. I, yeah, I think there's, like, a viewing of, like, just, like, I don't know. It's just the way in high school you really are just playing dress-up as an adult, even just mentally. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I started writing down lines I liked, and I pretty much never stopped. Ooh, can we hear some? Read some out. Um, I love... This is, to me, like, I'm so... I'm on board so fast in the like tone the movie has when the guy from the stereo place walks into the the pizza place and then they're talking about him and one of the coworkers comes up and is like we have to talk about the fox who just walked in here and they're like we already were <laughs> and it just felt so real to me like just so natural and mm-hmm. I thought that was- and if I didn't have a fiance back east I would go for him <laughs> or something oh my god she's like a 17 year old <laughs> Yeah. I love that. It does build the hype and the buzz. You're like, oh, snap, we were already on. <laughs> yeah. yeah the characterization of, of Phoebe Cates, I think, is so good. Like, when she yeah. won't play with them in the pool, like, that's too childish. Like, I'm she has to over distance that. them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was so great. And it, so she great. says all that with just a glance and, like, getting out of the pool. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Um, okay, read us some more lines. Uh, I really like that. The first time Spicoli goes into Mr. Han's room, he says, I know that dude. And we never see who he's pointing to. (laughs) (laughs) That's true, actually. He's just very easily distracted. Like, he's not even paying attention to the conflict of the scene a lot of the time. I love how when they enter the burger restaurant, Spicoli and his friends proceed to take (laughs) their shirts off. Like, it's not like they came in shirtless. They just take them off the minute they enter. (laughs) And he's, he's like, something happened to them, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I really like that when Judge Reinhold's, like, psyching himself out to break up with his girlfriend, he's cleaning up graffiti that says, Big Hairy Pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, like, most of the shot. <laughs> uh... I really like uh, Spicoli's brother, and I feel like, oh, fuck it, what you said about it being a cycle, like, you can see how this kid could become the new Spicoli, potentially. Mm. And he goes, I, dad's, 
Yeah. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, no, I want to make the case that he wouldn't be, like, Sokovic, because <laughs> he seems so fed up, like, be, like, Mr. Hand's upset, but this little kid is like, this guy's my brother, and he's <laughs> acting like this. Like, I can really feel that energy. And the, like, I yeah. don't hear you unless you knock on my door. That I don't have a sibling, but that irked me to my core. I'm like, this guy. <laughs> Oh my god! When he and he's wearing the tie with his like Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> it's the one time like he imposes rules on someone else. Mm, that's know. true. It feels like yeah. It's like how could you be doing that, Spicoli? You don't <laughs> listen to anything. But I love when the brother goes. Dad says you're gonna be late again, you butthole. Dad says you're gonna be late again, you booger. <laughs> it's like an alarm, a personalized alarm clock. <laughs> Also, something I like is that during that scene when, like, Spicoli is dreaming, like, and in this dream, he, like, beats out all these other, like, successful, like, surfers. And obviously, like, they're just kind of listing names and it's, like, supposed to be part of the joke. Mm. But, like, I like the idea that, like, this guy, he's a fucking idiot about most things, doesn't know about most things, <laughs> but he he knows a lot probably about surfing. You know what I mean? Like, he knows who the surfing name Yeah, it's very specific. Are. Fantasy. Yeah. Um. Anyways. Um. Uh. One of one million great Jennifer Jason Lee deliveries is when she's looking at her photo albums, with with uh. What's his name? Rat Mark. Yeah. With. Oh yeah. With Mark and Rat. And um. She's like, yeah. Here's my cat and my dog. They're dead now. And then like she just keeps going. I thought that was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> that was nuts. <laughs> Um, I really like Spicola's reaction to the vandalized car that he did. He looks so serious. And he's watching. He's wearing a black turtleneck <laughs> and a hat. Like he's in disguise. It's like he's seeing like a crime scene. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I, uh, I kind of like that he got away with it, but I feel like that ending to that car plotline wasn't that satisfying. Like I was yeah. like, did they... Did they get? Did he? I thought he would like win a new car maybe after winning the game or something, but they really just fucked over his car, and then yeah, that was it. And it's not. I didn't think it was that funny of him getting mad and like throwing around the other players. Some of the individual shots are kind of funny, but mm-hmm. I didn't. I just kind of felt bad for him. Like, what's yeah. the joke here? I don't even know. Mm-hmm. I do like that Spicoli's friends with his brother, and we never see them interact. Otherwise, I think that's kind of funny. That's true. <laughs> He, yeah, they split off once before that, and like, you want to go to the arcade? And he's like, yeah. But that is. Oh, I didn't even notice that. That is funny. Um, there's one shot of Jennifer Jason Lee in the pool wearing um, Damone's sunglasses <laughs> that I think is really funny. Like, it's just. I love how she's literally, her swim outfit is a sweater vest and bikini bottoms his perpetually confused me <laughs> since the first time i watched it does she swim in the sweater vest i don't think so but i'm just like why i why are you wearing a sweater vest yeah <laughs> anyway. uh i like when phoebe kate says i can go out with anyone i want practically and it's like, there has to be some, there's someone who, she can't even say that. Mm. She can't, Aww. she has to qualify. Yeah. That's sad, though. Yeah. <laughs> and that scene, it, it feels like she's the one giving herself a pep talk. Like, yeah. Like, Stacy's just staring at her like, oh, no, like, your perfect <laughs> relationship isn't so perfect that, like, you've been kind of, like, building it up to be. Um but then, yeah. No. Yeah, your teen fiance <laughs> back in Chicago or wherever, like, isn't a perfect relationship. Yeah. And I feel like Stacy's also just saying exactly what she knows Phoebe Cates want, wants to hear. She's like, oh, yeah. yeah, that's the more mature response. She's like, exactly. Yeah. I don't have to sink to his level. True. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I might have to charge um, my computer. I think it's going to die. I'm sorry. No. Goodness. Should we go down Whack Actor Avenue? I think we should, because there's a lot of lot of faces here that I recognize or have seen and in one thing. 
you Funker, do you know about the wackest actor on this avenue? No. No. Okay, guess just guess an insanely famous actor that like isn't isn't like it like a main credited actor, but just like someone super fucking funny and famous. Sorry? I'm telling Funke to guess like a really famous actor who's not listed in the like who's not like starring in this movie. Oh, okay. One of the You know, Seb. Yeah. There's a few Eddie Murphy. No. Oh, yeah, there's one big one. It's like, but, like literally one shot. Sorry, by funny, I meant like it's so f- like rant, like funny random, not like they're, f- I guess they're funny, but they're not famous for being funny. The, them they're... themselves is funny, is what you're saying. Yeah. They're a funny person to think about, but they're not like a comedic actor. No, hmm. but like they're, a, they're like a very, very famous actor. I. Adam Sandler. He would have been a baby, right? <laughs> no, not... Uh, like, again, they're not a comedian. Not a comedian. I don't think of him as a comedian, but... <laughs> okay, but, like, they're not, they're not, like, known for comedies. Like, they're just... The concept of them is funny. But they're not known for... I don't know. Who, who is it? Okay, have you ever heard of Nicholas Coppola? No. Um, did you know that Nicolas Cage is a member of the Coppola family and changed his name to Nicolas Cage? <laughs> what? Later. Wait, because who he is liked he? Luke Cage and he, he didn't want to plays... be identified as a Coppola. <laughs> uh, he plays Brad's buddy. That's literally what his He works at, he works called. at, uh, I think the burger place. There's like literally yeah. one shot of him. Like very briefly. Oh, maybe he's one of the, oh my gosh, he's one of the guys that, uh, Brad's like... I got those two jobs. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think he's referring but to this cage. I don't remember the shot where he's in. That's nuts, though. No, it's like, it's literally like a blink in your miss. You'll miss it thing. Like, yeah. I was looking for it, and I was like, oh, I guess that was it. And he's credited literally as Nicholas Coppola playing, like, Brad's buddy. Like. <laughs> oh, so this is before he was like, I'm going serious. Oh, the, well, this, I think, is, like, one of his I think, first. Yeah, it might be literally, like, his first credit. Or one of yeah. them. Whoa. Damn. Um, does that mean we want to take a stroll? Oh, yes. Well, oh, well, we, we actually started oh, taking the stroll, <laughs> okay. but you, you were fixing your computer. Sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, that's okay. I should have clued in. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, we can continue walking. I want to talk about Force Whitaker. Just mm-hmm. mention it, but I was watching Star Wars the other day, and I'm like, oh, shit. He's like a character in that movie. Like, I now when I think of him, I think of Star Wars. Um, but no. yeah, I, <laughs> I feel like that's like his worst performance in anything. <laughs> oh, well, he's there and he's in the game too. He's in Fallen Order. Um, but is, is this prequels? I, I don't it's know. One it's one of the new, even newer ones. Rogue it's One. Rogue, oh. one. Rogue he's One. in Rogue One. And it's like every single Forrest Whitaker performance I've seen has been incredible. And then Rogue One, he's doing this weird thing where he's like shouting and whispering. <laughs> And it's just hard to listen to. <laughs> well, I think I think it's to make the character more mysterious and scary. <laughs> but I do hear what you're saying. Um, but yeah, I was just like, oh, that's Saw Gerrera. No. Um, <laughs> listen, it's my mind. I'll make the actors their primary role there. You gotta see Ghost Dog. Ghost Dog Way of the Samurai. What is Ghost Dog? It's like a Jim Jarmish movie where he plays a uh, assassin who's kind of a samurai. It's really awesome. Okay, adding it to the watch list. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, any other interesting actors that were in this one? Um, I mean, it's crazy to think about like that Sean Penn went on to have one of the most successful careers out of anyone in this movie, mm-hmm. like longevity. He's great in this Obviously, though. Yeah, but, like, obviously, fuck Sean Penn Mm -hmm. as a person, but, like, I love me some Spicoli. Yeah, he's really amazing in this. Yeah. Um, Also, the first of, like, a dozen banger performances by Jennifer Jason Lee. Love Jennifer Jason Lee. Always great. And, uh, yeah, I think she's so naturalistic in this and, and so, so charming. Yeah, I think she's, like, perfect in this role. She, like, she's, like... 
feels like in every girl, like, she, I don't know, but her and Judge Reinhardt, Hald, whatever his last name is, they're, like, perfect kind of, like, all-American, like, brother and sister, but, like, with a bit of a, like, I mean, he's, like, Jason Siegel before Jason yeah, Siegel. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good comparison. That's what I don't, he looks like. I don't always think of him as, like, the best actor in the world, but he's so likable, and he's so fun to watch, especially in this, where he's almost, like, he's almost like a clown, just getting, like, pies thrown in his face in every scene. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like you can buy him as, like, whatever, as, like, the big band on campus, just as much as you can buy him as, like, a fucking loser. Which <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate. Um, who was the actor that plays the weird scalper guy? Cause that I'm like I don't know. He is He's good. Such I think such but such a strange character, yeah. such a strange performance. So funny that he's like supposed to be like the hot guy. I don't know if he is. It feels like he's not cool, but thinks he's very cool, which is an amazing character to watch. Out in yeah. the wild, because even the way he talks, he's like this. I know a guy that looks just like him. Uh, aside, I was like <laughs> shocked when I was watching this. I was like, "What? What are you doing here?" Um, but yeah, but I just mean that Jennifer Jason Lee. She's like, "Oh, I want him." Yeah, mm. but I got the feeling that that would that would never work on Phoebe Cates. That would never work on someone who's older. Like she's in right. the younger grades. He's like so obviously a sham and putting up a front. But it might work on someone who's. You know that, and know. that reminds me of a lot of guys in the older grades in high school. Actually, oh, yeah. some, I have some specific names on the tip of my <laughs> tongue that I shall not say, but yeah, it is a type of guy. It definitely is. <laughs> um, Robert Romanus. That's plays, the actor. Plays Mike Damone. Yes. What else has he done? I'm um, checking it out. I'd never seen him before, or since that I knew of. I, seems like. That was the main thing. Yeah, he was apparently on the Facts of Life. Uh, yep, uh, the famed TV show. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, still acting, looks like, but not mm-hmm. like a lot of huge things. Mm. Makes sense. Um, I feel like there's Should... a lot of good performances in this. Though I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. I think, yeah, I think it's all around good performances. I really like uh, Ray Walston as Mr. Hand. I think he is the perfect balance where he's, like, kind of intimidating. Like, he really feels like a real teacher, but it's still very funny to watch him, you know, yeah. go head-to-head with Spicoli. And you can buy it in the end where he can, kind of gives Spicoli a bit of mercy. Yeah. Where he's like, yeah. That was nice to see. The director of Midnight Run, one of my favorite movies, Martin Brest, who's friends with uh, Amy Heckerling, plays the doctor who oh. does the examination. So that's something. What examination? He, he like, uh, gives them the tour into the... Uh, oh, that yeah. scene actually was so gross to me because that, that <laughs> doctor is chewing gum the whole time. <laughs> it's like, you must have seen some shit if you can chew gum in that room so casually. When the dude's lifting a... Heart out of a chest cavity. Oh, the Spicoli going be. Like, and you just came joining. to see it <laughs> at the very front of the group. I, uh, it also maybe I don't know if it's supposed to. I think so, but it made me uncomfortable that the biology biology teacher was like handling the body. It's like you don't even work at the hospital. Like he's so comfortable. Like no, it's weird. He's been but there. also just the way they talk about the guy yeah, who's yeah. donated his body. Like, it's all, like, ca- yeah, yeah. Um, so that guy, yeah. so that guy directed Midnight Run? The the doctor, not the... The doctor, yeah. Not the, the biology, yeah, yeah. Whoa. And and Beverly Hills Cop, which uh, stars Judge Reinhold, so. Mm. Uh, co-stars Judge Reinhold, so. Maybe there was a, a community of friends there. True. Is someone no- making noise? Yeah, I suddenly hear a... Ooh. Oh, it sounds a little better now. Right. Is my... Is it is it a fan or 
thing outside because I have a fan under underneath me. It's fine for me now. It was really mm-hmm. loud for like a second. But... Okay. Yeah, it's fine for me now too. Um, should we give our wax scores? There's a giant bug flying around my room, <laughs> and I don't know what it what is. What does it look like? Um, well, it kind of looks like a wasp, but I can't tell if if it's like all black or if it's like a regular wasp. Murder hornet. I sure do hope not. <laughs> um, so I'm a spookied. Yeah. Um, Anything to mention on the official sound whack before we do the scores? What's the sound um, whack? The official sound whack? <laughs> what? I... What are you even talking it's about? It's a recurring segment. How do you know? Since when? What? Is this is this just songs? I swear you've been on. Yeah, we talked about the soundtrack. Yeah. Oh, no. But also, we already talked about the songs from the movie at the very beginning. Oh, we mentioned a couple, but I guess as an overarching theme, I feel like this movie uses a lot of music and uses it, I think, a bit too much. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it does lo- seem to love music and people having a good time. <laughs> Montage. Mm, sure likes them. <laughs> um, I like the Led Zeppelin thing that he's like, Led Zeppelin oh my God, yeah. make up music, and then the song's like so intense. <laughs> And just completely overwhelms <laughs> the scene. That was pretty funny. Yeah, it's good. Uh, I think we could give our scores. Okay. Um, Hannah, do you want to start? Well, it's my pick. Oh, no, Hannah should go last. Okay. I should go last. That's that's an actual thing we do every time. Hannah, we've been doing the official <laughs> sound whack for months. I swear, at I least the entire last so. series. Listen to an I think listen I think to an episode, so. Hannah. <laughs> listen to an episode all the way through and you'll hear this recurring oh, segment. Oh shit. I think we have forgotten it though. A, a couple of times, so I understand. Okay, okay. Um Seb, do you, would you like to start? Uh sure. I actually I love the movie. There's like a four-star movie or more for me. Uh but I think it's a 2 on the wax scale. It's very restrained and I think that does make it different and and special, but in a way that I don't think is whack by by my definition of the word. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think I have to echo the two because it does feel like high school, um, different time era. Sorry, era of time, but yeah, it's 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 high school and it is just like things people do in life, uh, and yeah, not too bizarre. I'm trying to think there's some there's some dream sequences but yeah i think it's a pretty chill movie i'm gonna give it a three because i do think that the movie is like unconventional in like it having no plot and just like the way that the characters act and talk some of it's whack the scalper guy that's a whack character (laughs) Fully, some of the shit that happens in the movie is really weird. Um, so I'm gonna give it a three, just because I do think it's a little wacky. I like it, but I think it's a little wacky. I was thinking, I think it might even have less plot than Dazed and Confused. Like, I think more stuff happens in Dazed and Confused. Yeah, especially considering the fact that Dazed and Confused is one day and this is an entire year. Yeah. But that, like, you can more see, like, oh, it's a screenplay. Here's all these intersecting, like, plots. And, you know, this is where this character's story is going. And in this, it's yeah. like, sometimes you just forget. <laughs> like, oh, this guy's back again. <laughs> and then it's like, I always thought that it concluded around the time when she has the abortion. It's like another <laughs> half an hour left. And at the very end, they're like, oh, I guess maybe there should be a climax. Here's a, like, two-minute scene where there's a violent robbery. Which has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's, yeah. I guess, the last scene, right? That's the very last scene, and then it gives his epilogue, and he becomes, like, Manager. the... Yeah. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> um, do we want to put those in the in the wackometer? Yeah. Yeah. Um, which one of us usually uh, plugs those numbers into the machine? Um, well, you know, (laughs) 
I, I actually have it in my room right now, so I'll, I'll oh, plug perfect, it in. Oh, perfect, perfect. Yeah. It's great when I it actually, lines up like that. Yeah. I don't know if I even know the math. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even know how to use the machine. So I mean, I don't know either. So that was a two, that was one, three, and I had two. Just throw an extra one in there. No, that was one, two. Oh, one of the ratings. Okay. Yes. Um, hello. Wow. <laughs> hey, what's up? Uh, it is a 2.5. Oh. Echo meter's back. That sounds... Okay, the commitment. Wow. That sounds... I'm so impressed. That sounds great. I mean, uh, 2.5, guys, I'm... We're getting Thanks so much, Welcome Meter. Great to hear your voice yes. again. Yeah, it's, it's always great having you. <laughs> it's great for you having me. Oh, no, it's been a while <laughs> since I've spoken to people. Okay, ah. <laughs> bye. Wow. And some people, you know, again. adjust to quarantine in different ways. Of course, and some yeah, robots yeah. just don't know what to do. <laughs> um, Although I did hear that the Wacom meter was like going to house parties in February. Oh, meter. <laughs> when we were in lockdown. Hanging out with so, calculators and stuff. Hey, hey, oh. that's not my fault. I had a loose bolt. <laughs> you are so funny, Wacom meter. But you got to get out of here. Um, yeah, so it was 2.5, I think. Okay, perfect. Definitely. Um, Do we know how that lines up with our other hits from this miniseries? I think I could check on the the spreadsheet, which is actually real. As far as the number five goes, the score is smack down in the middle. Mm -hmm. That is true. But, yeah. Um, Seems like we have... 4.25. 4.25. Oh, no, no. I, oh, you got it? Yeah. Uh, 4.25 for Crank. Oh, yeah. That's that's going to be a hard one to beat. Dang, that was that was whack. Uh, have you guys, have you guys seen that movie? No. No. Got to check it out. I've never won. I should watch and listen. Um, We have a 3.9 for Premium Rush as well. That's so a we got some, fast movie. Yeah. We got some fast ones here. But uh, um, should we plug in our thing? Now? Oh, I think I forgot to plug in Smoking the Bandit, but I will. Yeah, definitely. I don't think but, it was as it was as high as Crank. Yes, yeah, stay tuned for our next couple episodes in this miniseries. We're going to be checking out some very cool movies with some very cool guests. Uh, okay. Yeah, so so tap into that. Sorry, you're saying Hannah also. Oh, no, just Smokey and the Bandit on our spreadsheet is just some movie Max will pick or something like that. <laughs> I thought he was going to pick that, but I thought he might pick something else. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, well, thank you so much for listening, everybody at home. It uh, means a lot. Shout out to Emma Kulak and Ian Mills for the art and the music for Is It Whack? respectively um and respectfully (laughs) yes absolutely uh you can check us out on twitter at insomniac underscore fest and on instagram at insomniac fest yeah we got some cool stuff coming up and if you're listening to this soon uh, come to our pony house x insomniac game show insomniac the movie the game show insomniac the movie the game show on saturday at 3 p.m Adam and I were writing some questions yesterday, having a ball. Yes, we did a tech run. It's going to be exciting. Uh, I'm very excited. So, yeah, come through that. Win some prizes. Yeah. Talk about movie. Learn trivia. It'll (laughs) it'll be a blast. Um, Yeah, well, actually, the competitors are set, but still come watch. Come watch and (laughs) feel the joy. Live vicariously. People love doing that. Um. (laughs) Yeah, so check that out. How does this movie end, team? Funky Joseph went on to make themselves some dinner. I'm posing. Um, Hannah Rain uh, also made herself some dinner. No, she already ate dinner. Um, It was leftovers, and she made them yesterday. 
Hannah Rain is going to go watch Love Island with her roommate, <laughs> who is waiting patiently. The new season? Funky asks. No. What? Funky asks. <laughs> oh no! Hannah responds. Um, it's season three. Wow. Funky nods and freezes again. <laughs> and All right, you do one for me. Sebastian Dector is going to go to Vegas where he will win lots of money, but then he'll trip and fall and all the money will spill out of his pockets and it'll get stolen and then he'll go home a loser. He'll be known as a a Vegas legend, the human slot machine. Yeah, sure. Yes, the human slot machine. Good night, everyone. Bye. Bye. Mom, get out. I'm doing a podcast.